0: Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam, raised by Earl, yes, one. Nolan, he got right. and Hakeem, molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston Sports. Chill H Down for the only homegrown afternoon team is Talking Your Teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A Team. A-team. A-team. A-team.
1: What's up, Houston, Texas? It is. A Tuesday edition of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Wex AC with you here in studio. Noah Fouts, our producer. As we take you up until whenever the Astros decide to start playing today. Late in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll just put it that way. Um, but we got a lot to get to in the meantime, in the uh, abbreviated time that we have. Including, say what, our signature segment at 4.15. Um, I'll tell you what,
0: this...
1: And every time I see or hear a story about it, uh, I think of Wex trying to explain away everything yesterday. And the thing is, Wex, you're absolutely right. Everything that you've described about the scenario and why it shouldn't happen makes perfect sense, is factual, is accurate, is backed up by numbers and reasoning and logic. And yet, just like the James Harden back to the Rockets rumors, we keep getting hit with this. Now, they're two very different situations. But for a lot of the reasons that I just mapped out about Jimmy Garoppolo, the same way I feel about James Harden returning to the Rockets, it doesn't make a lot of sense based on what you're trying to do as a young team rebuilding. Because with each
3: passing day, these two organizations mirror each other more and more. Uh, There's too many scenarios to compare the two because there's a way it makes perfect sense. If you're the Texans, it might make less sense if you're Jimmy G. Here's the way it makes sense if you're the Texans. If they draft a quarterback and they also want to win. I'm not sure that that's the right way to go, but if you think you have your quarterback, then you're not preventing yourselves from getting a quarterback in the future by winning. So you can go ahead and play Jimmy G, tell your locker room, which is getting more full of franchise caliber cornerstone players. And instead of going into the year, uh, lying to the media and yourselves when you look in the mirror and say, no, no, we, we can win this year with Coach Cully. Oh, we can win this year with Lovey. We're, we're trying to win. You can actually mean it. When you say it, because, you know, the team is actually behind you by putting pieces in place to try to do so. It also means they probably spent other money in free agency to actually put a more competent NFL caliber unit around these two quarterbacks. Jimmy G also hasn't been healthy uh, really for any of his NFL seasons in full. Uh, so maybe the door is already open for the young, drafted quarterback, uh, to get his time on the field this year regardless. That's a scenario where I could see it making sense for Houston. Uh, if they believe that at some point you just got to win, and they felt that one week last year, and it cost them the first pick, but they might feel that way in general moving forward because, again, you're, you're flipping over the locker room so much, I don't think you're creating a culture of losing, which, again, is very different to the Rockets. The Rockets aren't turning their locker room over at all. The players that they want to win with are in it. The players that the Texans want to win with are still on the way. A few of them came last year, but most of them are not in Texans uniforms yet. That will change on April 27th. So you're starting to see that, and it just gets enough is enough when you're playing for a team that's not really giving you a chance to enjoy your Sundays while you kill yourself Monday through Saturday to get ready for Sunday, and then you get your teeth kicked in or just know at the end of the year you're going to be double-figure losses, and it's just not very fun. But you also got the Garoppolo factor, just the individual we know where Derek Carr is playing his football next year. We are hoping that we get continued Aaron Rodgers to the Jets push from Zach Wilson's teammates. I could not love any more uh, two rookies from the Jets from last year heading into year two begging to not play with Zach Wilson next year. It's like, tell me you don't want to play with Zach Wilson without telling me you don't want to play with Zach Wilson. And Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall very, very loudly in the Twitter sphere, making that very, very clear. Hey, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's not really anti Zach Wilson. It's pro Aaron Rodgers. So if Rodgers goes to the Jets, we now know the situation with the franchise tags. Lamar Jackson was tagged, but with the non-exclusive franchise tag by the Ravens, meaning he starts negotiations with every other team if he wants he's been negotiating with the Ravens they obviously could not come to terms on a long term deal Ravens betting that uh, any deal he does get they'll be able to match at least according to what they said after uh, hitting him with this tag is that they want to continue negotiating with him they want to continue their future with him and obviously the door is open for that but it might come with him just like NBA restricted free agency I mean there's not much of it in the NFL and it now is what Lamar Jackson is sitting in front of him. The downside of it for Lamar is if nobody does offer him a deal he's willing to at least sign, uh, then he's only got $32 million for next year unless they come to a long-term deal with the Ravens, which at this point obviously seems unlikely. Daniel Jones was not tagged by the New York (laughs) Giants. He was paid. Because they did come to an agreement on a long-term deal. Uh, So instead, they used it on Saquon Barkley. Uh, And again, you can continue negotiations with Barkley, but... They've already said they were pretty far apart, so he'll either play with them for ten plus million or they'll also have a long term deal with him. So Lamar Jackson essentially is on the restricted free agent market now. So these teams where Jimmy Garoppolo might consider playing. That's a
1: good way of looking at it.
3: That's essentially what the Ravens told it. They said, Yeah, we'll match any deals out there, but you and we can't come to an agreement. They could have kept him off the market it would have cost them another 12 and a half or $13 million on their cap next year if that's the deal, because the franchise tag, the exclusive franchise tag, is a one-year deal for roughly $45 million. They chose to go non-exclusive. It saves them a lot of money, but does change this offseason a great deal. And again, as that relates to Jimmy, where does he really want to play? He's been in a great system. He's won a lot of games. They don't want him anymore. Where does he want to go? Does he want to go to a team that is not going to the playoffs in Houston, but he's got... Major connections to lots of people inside that building now. Does he want to go to the Raiders, who obviously are in need of a quarterback and probably aren't in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes? And he can probably have a, he has a competent team, but he's in the AFC. He's in the hardest division in the AFC. I mean, are, are some of these other teams with reasonable quarterback options looking to upgrade? Or are really those some of the only places he really can consider? And obviously the Packers, I would assume, aren't an option. That they will just move forward with Jordan Love, but I guess if Aaron Rodgers is traded, it's possible he could be looking there. There's just not that many options. So what would it really take? We know the Texans can afford it. It's a it's an interesting situation for sure because the the, the opposite side of all of this is you win five games, you're top, you're going to draft in the top five. If you win any more than five games, your pick is six or worse. How is your franchise quarterback getting to Houston? If you win six or more games and you didn't draft him in 2023,
1: is there a scenario because of what you just got done saying where the uh, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson can't come to an agreement and the franchise tags are used up and it's either and it's, it would have to end up probably being a trade? It would probably have to be a trade where he winds up here. In other words, you don't – because what what was said about Jimmy Garoppolo today? The the latest is Jonathan Jones. The latest is that, you know, according to what he thinks or his hearing, that D'Amico Ryans, Nick Casario and company, the reason they would sign Jimmy Garoppolo is because they would have drafted a quarterback at a different point in the first round, which kind of, to me, alludes to either 12 or a pick that's lower than two because they traded – whatever they did. Um, but is a, is there a scenario where they don't do either of those things? They do sign Jimmy, and then they have their eye on a, a disgruntled, kind of like the Rockets. They might be looking to find a disgruntled superstar somewhere in the in the NFL. That's usually a quarterback. In a lot of times, it is.
3: Um, so far, one time,
1: no, they're disgruntled all the time. And they can't come into an agreement.
3: Just one so far.
1: What are you talking about? Dak Prescott has been disgruntled for He's years until he finally got his place deal. still for the Cowboys. Yeah, but he... he no but there quarterback several, has
3: changed teams except for Brady.
1: Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is about to. And I could see it happening more and more as the league evolves. That's what started happening in the NBA more and more. And I realize the CBAs are different. But if you can't get what you want... And I, I get it. The, the franchise tag ruins everything as far as players just wanting to force their way out. I mean, at least... It, it it holds things off a bit. Um but I'm just wondering if there's a scenario like that where a Lamar Jackson who would still be would be on would he be on the wrong side of thirty by the time he get to Houston? Well when are you talking about a trade?
3: Uh whenever his franchise tags would be That's two more years. Yeah. I mean goodness if the Texans are thinking like that then I would go ahead and fire their GM right now.
1: Well they probably should anyways. I'm just if if they if it's known though that he's not going to get the money in Baltimore, and both parties are aware of that. The franchise doesn't have to happen there. Why can't both teams get what they want out of the situation? He gets out of there, gets paid by another team, and they get some some draft compensation.
3: That That's is why what, doesn't have that, to be two years. That is what's going to happen. But unless, it, you're the, unless you're going to do that now, it's not going to be you. Unless you're saying the Texans are willing to do that today.
1: Yeah, because he's not going to want to come to the Texans. They're not ready to win.
3: Well, if you're if you've gotten a good group, you know if you've won games, if you're a seven, eight, nine win team, by the time two more franchise tags have been used, or one more after this year, two years of it, then maybe that is a scenario. But what the Baltimore Ravens have done essentially is uh, the tag does allow them to continue negotiations. Still seems unlikely they're going to reach a deal this year. Uh, it also it's interesting, and we'll hit it in the next segment. There's two interesting things that come out of uh, what happened with Lamar Jackson as it relates to the Texans. Watson, and where this is going for the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. All those things are all tied together in this, and I will explain that to you when we continue. A few other things, obviously, to get to. Our signature segment of Say What uh, coming up. Uh, The rest of the NFL news today, a couple players rumored to be told to get lost. Well, they were officially told that today. We're approaching the uh, new calendar for the NFL, and that's when teams have to be in compliance with the cap. So a lot of moves still getting made on that front as well. And the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is truly ga- gaining steam because an actual jet has to touch down. So both parties can get together and get to know one another in the light and see what the future holds.
1: I love when things are discovered in the light. You know why? Because you can see them with better than 2020 vision if you have hit up Berkeley Eye Center for their iDesign 2.0 LASIK procedure. It's world class and the reason why? It's the best in the biz. There's many, many different uh, LASIK operators, procedures, if you will, that are going to say that. There's only one that actually gets the job done and backs it up with the uh, results. And I'm speaking as a, a person who had that done back in 2008. And the technology has only gotten better year after year after year. It is absolutely fantastic over at Berkeley Eye Center to see the world in better than 2020 vision and get rid of those traditional glasses and contacts in the process. It's all one fell swoop. And you are getting rid of any sort of readers or glasses that you have to put on or contacts that you sometimes fall asleep in when you wake up the next morning and you feel like your eyelids are sandpaper. It's just awful. Get rid of all that. Get the LASIK procedure done iDesign 2.0 LASIK procedure from Berkeley Eye Center. In addition, they're giving you $1,500 in savings. All you got to do to find out more details is see their CN23 uh, video over at their website, BECLASIK.com, BECLASIK.com to see their beautiful world naturally and clearly with LASIK vision thanks to Berkeley Eye Center at BECLASIK.com.
3: Early going on a Tuesday. Plenty of things on tap tonight, both here and on, uh, News Radio 740 KTRH. Play by play, uh, for both of our teams can be found there. We've got Rockets basketball tonight, which will be over on, uh, News Radio 740. And we've got Astros baseball here tonight, which you will get here. First pitch just after 5, so we'll slide aside for that at 10-5 till for their pregame coverage. And then on into Framber Valdez working for the second time this spring. We're talking about the quarterback situation. Six franchise tags were used. Lamar Jackson, the last of the players on the quarterback side, to get one. A non-exclusive tag means he can negotiate continuously with the Ravens, which... Eric DaCosta, the GM, indicated via statement they plan to do, but he could also negotiate with other teams. Another team could sign him to do a deal. If the Ravens decline to match that, which they're given the opportunity to do so in the, under the CBA, then in return they would merely receive two first round picks uh, from that team. That sounds like an awful return for Lamar Jackson, <laughs> considering Deshaun Watson was just traded for a haul much larger than that. And after that, Russell Wilson was traded for a haul much larger than that. So it wouldn't seem likely that that would be the plan for the Ravens moving forward, but obviously it is is something out there. And Lamar Jackson's desires do play into this a little bit in what he's searching for contractually, etc. So let's kind of walk our way through how this is just the latest part of of the NFL and personnel and the Texans and quarterbacks affected by the first domino. The first domino is the Texans trading Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns and then the contract that the Browns decided to give him. So why has Lamar Jackson been unable to reach a long-term contract agreement with the Baltimore Ravens?
1: Because he wants more money than they're willing to give him.
3: But why does he want that amount of money? What's he basing it on? Dumb teams like Cleveland giving guaranteed
1: $230 million to Deshaun Watson.
3: He's basing it on one team, the Browns. The Browns are the only team to guarantee that amount of money to a quarterback, and that quarterback happens to be reasonably accomplished compared to Lamar Jackson. It's a pretty reasonable comparison. They've both been to the playoffs. uh, Both have not gone as far as maybe their teams would have hoped, and they certainly have extremely bright futures and not too far off with where they are in their respective careers. Five years in, obviously, in Lamar's case, pushing into the territory where it's a must. He has to have a long-term contract or else you're stuck franchise tagging him. So the one team that is holding this up is the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm not going to call the Cleveland Browns smart, but did the Cleveland Browns by signing Deshaun Watson to that deal inadvertently and accidentally make one of their biggest rivals worse because if he doesn't sign that deal if he gets 180 guaranteed 175 guaranteed then lamar jackson's deal is already done lamar jackson's a raven for life basically and the ravens aren't in this situation but the door is open for lamar jackson not to be in baltimore thanks to cleveland
1: yeah but cleveland's not they're not that smart
3: good job
1: they're not that smart there you weren't because,
3: but it has happened because it is they did, a result
1: but did they not do the equivalent with deshaun watson as bill o'brien the gm did with left tackles for laramie Tunsil? and everybody was like oh great you said it no they're gonna screw up the market and then no one ever but did they that. didn't
3: that's kind of the point
1: well no one's gonna do it for any other quarterback either not yet we're not in that
3: territory right but there's two different things screwing up the market is one thing Hurting a team in your division is the, the result in yeah, this I do, case. Yeah, but I
1: don't think that Cleveland. No, was no. Sitting there, of course not. But they that's, just wanted to get That's, just, literally what's happened. that's yeah. just that's what happened. It, it worked out for them twofold, I guess. If, yeah. If well, it hasn't used... even worked
3: out for them onefold because right. Deshaun that's hasn't why, played well yet. That's what
1: I was about to say. I, like, if he starts to play like he did here in Houston, then you've got something cooking. But I don't know if it's still worth two hundred and thirty. Mil- like, there's only like a handful of guys that I think are really worth that kind of money. One of them just won the Super Bowl. Another one plays in Buffalo. But, like, even, even he faded down the stretch. Now, it was injury. But I just, unless you're churning out multiple Super Bowls before your 30th birthday, who is really worth that kind of money even at the quarterback position in the
3: NFL? Well, I think that's a pretty lofty goal, considering there's only one person in the league that that is applicable to. And
1: he's the only guy that has a 500
3: million dollar contract. Yeah, but everybody else is going to get the same deal every every year. Yeah, these quarterbacks no, right. are going to get it. I mean, obviously, Dak got one. Uh, and the all real these, answer Russell to that Wilson question
1: is the market dictates it. It's it's just like Francisco Lindor and the Mets and what they've done. You know, you can okay, you want to pay your guys that much, and then the, all we need is the is the is the Haslam's to come out and say, hey. Maybe some of these other
3: owners should pay up. It's not my fault. It, except to me, like I've said before, I, I just don't think that's what, ha- what has happened because Lindor signs his deal and then everybody else gets the same deal. The, all these $300 million players. That's literally exactly what isn't happening in the NFL. Mahomes' deal was not even that much guaranteed. He's going to end up making it all because they're never going to want to get rid of him and they'll probably restructure his deal a few times maybe even sign him again in the near future because of it. Uh, but Kyler Murray was up for a new deal got way less. All these quarterbacks that are up for new deals are all going to get way less and, in guaranteed money. That's the biggest difference, and that's kind of the whole point. It isn't the same. They didn't set the market. They put it so far out of whack that nobody wants to get anywhere near correct.
1: it. Correct, and you br- you brought up Deshaun and he being the only name. That's because he's the only, the only one that had the guaranteed money. But when it came to, I want this much, Lamar Jackson's camp is saying, Kyler Murray's contract, and there was one other one that just recently got signed that I can't think of, were his barometers in addition to Deshaun Watson getting 230. In other words, this guy over here got the... Daniel Jones is going to be joining this group now that he
3: got paid today. It's not the same amount of money. Far less money, far less guaranteed than Kyler Murray. Which was how much? 165? Guaranteed? Neighborhood No, of.
1: but it was, is that what it was guaranteed? It's, I thought that was it's, the, it's less than that. Okay. But,
3: but that's the thing. You're talking about players who've done less. Lamar exactly. Jackson's done more. Exactly, these aren't his comps. And his comp is Watson, but better. And he's so that's why he's, he's asking for Watson. Reasonable money. to
1: ask this kind of yeah. It's, I don't have any problem with what Lamar Jackson's doing, especially at that position. I honestly don't know
3: what Baltimore's thinking. They're thinking that well, while we love you, while we love playing, we think we can win with you. We can't ignore what's happened. He still hasn't led the team further, and that's, again, that's just a sad way that NFL looks at it. Um, he has been hurt. He plays a style that suggests that's always going to be an issue, and it is more of an issue for him than it is for most of the other quarterbacks, and that's literally, if you watch each of his seasons, at some point in the season something has happened, uh, this season a little bit more than others. I don't know what to believe about, you know, I've heard some people say they think he was healthy enough to give it a go, late in the season, or certainly for their postseason game. And others have said, that's. I have not heard anything like that. Lamar Jackson did not hang his teammates out to dry for his own contractual benefit, trying to protect his future. But that's the position the Ravens put him in uh, by never coming to an agreement on a long-term deal. This isn't just a new thing. This is three years in the making. After year three, after year four, now after year five, discussions about a long-term deal. And they've all ended up nowhere. And I do think there are some teams, and I do not think Houston is one of them, that would be willing to put a deal in front of Lamar Jackson, a deal that the Ravens say they will match, but until it's in front of them, uh, that remains to be seen. I think that one team, if not others, well, who wanted Deshaun Watson? Two teams. The the Atlanta Falcons. Even the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah, that's true. There are two teams that appear to be saying they'll move heaven and earth for Deshaun Watson. And, in fact, the Falcons thought they had done so and were landing him.
1: Well, they gave him a jersey and it wound up in the picture.
3: And then the Browns did something the Falcons didn't think was necessary. Guarantee an entire five-year contract extension. Otherwise, he'd be there. So you were willing to move heaven and earth. You were willing to spend as much as it took to get Deshaun Watson in a trade. Well, why wouldn't you be willing to do that for Lamar Jackson? I absolutely think the Falcons will be willing to do that for Lamar Jackson. Again, it's not their decision alone, because the Ravens are obviously still in the mix, but a deal could then be worked out in addition to what is due them if they don't. So I do think this opens the door for Jackson to try to get more than the Ravens have so far been willing to offer, and he might actually want to leave. He might actually say, well, this team was willing to give me what you weren't. I don't want you to match it. So let's figure out a deal that can be made.
1: Uh, Speaking of moving heaven and earth, there is a scenario in the same report about Jimmy Garoppolo to the Texans that talks about the Texans doing exactly what I said would infuriate me. We'll discuss that when we come back next here on The A-Team. Right now, though, we're going to discuss your amount of debt. Might be a little bit. Might be a lot. We're not here to judge. We're here to give you options, solutions to your financial problems. And specifically, we would be less of me and more of Primeway Federal Credit Union, as in 100% them. I can't do anything about your debt. I got my own debt. But I can tell you this. I can get you to the people that can. And what they're going to do is consolidate your debt into one low monthly payment over at Primeway Federal Credit Union. They're going to give you low introductory. And they're going to make sure that the stress that comes with that debt you've been dealing with goes away poof like a vapor. Don't drown in your debt. Turn your turn that debt around. Do it with Primeway. Do it today. If you've got debt for any reason, including unexpected issues or expenses because a lot of times that's what gets us into debt you weren't expecting this to happen it did and now you're stuck with the bill well don't be paying a bunch of interest on top of it get that debt consolidated do it today lock in your rate by going to their website primewayfcu.com for primeway federal credit union that's primewayfcu.com
0: here it comes the houston astros after the houston astros How about the houston astros now astros insider michael connor on sports talk 790 home of your astros here we go. go
3: game number 11 of the astros exhibition season schedule they'll try to avoid their third tie When they take on the New York Mets this evening. Framber Valdez goes for the second time. As we welcome in Astros insider Michael Connor. The second appearance and start for Hunter Brown has been made. And just like the first, it was poor. Three walks issued to open up the second inning. His reliever then allowed all of those runs to score. By also walking three batters in a six-walk inning for Astros pitching. Hunter Brown, what are your thoughts so far?
2: Hit the panic button, Wex be terrified he's done he's washed no I'm kidding he's gonna be completely fine it's the second start like if this is a problem when they get to April then yeah we'll talk about it but I will tell you right now they should just be like hey let's uh let's figure it out I'm still surprised because he was so when we talked to him at FanFest when Matt and Ross talked to him he talked about how he liked the pitch clock last year keeps him in a rhythm and all that things I'm just wondering if it's just the pitch clock I mean it's it's faster obviously but yeah I'm just wondering if that's the that's the thing for him right now is that he's trying to find his rhythm with it and uh it's just again it's just two starts but he does need to not throw a million pitches in the first inning that's for sure
1: isn't it funny too that that particular aspect you just brought up was a huge concern for a lot of Astros followers but not for that pitcher everybody thought Luis Garcia was going to have the biggest issues with that
2: I don't yeah like you know I You're worried about it, but like he wasn't going to go out there and rock the baby. Especially then they told him he couldn't rock the baby. So no, but you're right. Like you would have thought that he would have been the one that has a problem with. And I still think that once we get to the regular season, you're not going to see guys having an issue with it. And I'm sure Hunter Brown. I guess the other thing we have to remember too: he was great last year in the minor leagues. He had his moments at the big league level that was that were great. He's still a young pitcher and still learning. Like we watched a lot of those guys do. There's going to be bumps in the road. It's not going to be the easiest transition all the time his stuff will end up playing very well.
3: Well, now that we've seen almost two weeks of this, can't we just acknowledge that this is not only a non-issue for the vast majority of pitchers, you could also say it's actually an advantage to the pitchers. This is a major issue for hitters. It's a non-issue to me for pitchers, and then there are veteran pitchers who are just flat out taking advantage of it.
2: Yeah, I think they're going to have to do something, you know, Whether it's Wex, when we were last week when we did the show, we were off in a break. We were talking about it. I think, I think you're gonna have to add a couple seconds to each to give it some more time for the hitter. But also the the Max Scherzer thing, baseball's gonna do something about that because that's ridiculous. I mean, I get what he's doing and it's within the rules and that's fine. But like that at at that stage, like it's absurd looking. Like (laughs) once you come set, do we have to put another timer on the pitcher? Like, hey, you can't hold the ball for the next eight seconds or that takes ten seconds. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I don't think that most guys will do that because it's just going to throw off your rhythm and do a bunch of stuff that's that's going to screw with you. But yes, without a doubt, the pitchers are going to benefit more from it. I do think it's helping certain hitters, like, you know, not stand around and think about stuff all the time. Um, Kyle Tucker, at least the results early on are great for him in the spring. Maybe it's helpful that he doesn't get to stand around and rub dirt on his hands all the time.
1: <laughs> Did you feel. And I know this is tough for especially you uh, because of our history with this exact player. Did you feel at least a little bit sorry for Eric Hosmer as a victim yesterday? No. Never. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. I do feel like and, and I agree with what you said, what Wex has said. A lot of people, it's not going to be an issue by the time we get to like May. All the kinks will be ironed out. But it sure does feel pronounced and it does feel forced at times. Like, they're doing or trying too hard to make fetch happen with this thing.
2: Yeah, I think that you're also seeing players probably – they're probably going as fast. They, they're wanting all the – so, so there, there are guys that don't want it. There, there's guys that want the social media talk, that want all the, hey, you know, it's, it's too fast. So we're just going to speed through it on purpose. I, I think that they'll find the rhythm to it. I really do. And if that means that baseball does something to, you know, add a couple seconds or whatnot – I don't think that they will, which I'm fine with. Like at the end of the day, you go back and I was I did it the other day watching, you know, games from last season and just going through some stuff. There's just so much dead time. That's all this is about. Everybody's got this thought of like it's about something different. It's about killing all the dead time. It's about keeping people engaged with the game, and that's what it's doing. Like it it forces you to stay engaged with the baseball game, and I like that. A lot, not just the selfish part of me, where I'm, you know, going to be on the air, you know, ten o'clock instead of eleven thirty every night for the <laughs> postgame show. But it, that part does help.
3: Well, let's see what the results are before we make any statements about this, especially for the offensive players that I think are totally out of rhythm. The hitters that are going to be just standing in there, uh, thinking it, you know, swing, 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 swing. This is, everything is going to be going so quickly, they might. Still make contact. They might still have what looks like a reasonable at bat, but if we're seeing innings go one, two, three that are lasting, you know, 45 seconds. I don't know how engaging that is if they're not getting results. They may speed up the process of getting through 54 or 51 outs and the ball game's over, but they might not actually be adding any action that people, fans want. They don't want to see you know one, two, three innings that last 45 seconds, I don't think. We'll see if those are some of the things that transpire. Dusty Baker had something to say, because ah, he was asked about it, about the two players who haven't been able to do anything in spring training, Lance McCullers and Jordan Alvarez. McCullers not throwing, Alvarez not swinging a bat, but it sounded like Alvarez would be swinging the bat uh, sometime before the end of the week next week. They still have... 17 more games after today. Does it sound like he will at least get some game action before they are uh, beating up on the Chicago White Sox?
2: Yeah, that feels like it's definitely coming for Jordan if he's saying it. I, I've always said that I think they're just slow playing it because they're always going to treat him differently when it comes to this injury and whatever's going on with him. They're He's their most important hitter. They have a lot of important hitters. He is their most important hitter. So there's no reason to rush him, and I would expect yes. Like Dana Brown said the other day, you're going to see him in games before they get going, and then, of course, ready for um, opening day when, like you mentioned, they get to beat up on the White Sox. The McCullers thing, I mean, it's it's March 7th. This guy's still not throwing a baseball. We haven't heard much from him since the initial uh, day he talked when we were down there in Florida, what, a couple weeks ago now? And, like, if we if we get into the next week and he's still not throwing a baseball, I mean, we are talking about... He's not pitching for this baseball team until May, just based on the timing of it, because he's had zero spring training. He's going to have to get himself built up, either do ex- extended spring or go pitch in the minor leagues, whatever it might be. It's just another unfortunate chapter in his book of injury, and it makes you wonder the further along we go, because you know, he said they hoped to throw the ball soon the last time we heard from him. How long is this going to go? How, how few starts are we going to see Adam him this year?
1: So that's an actual panic button that you're hitting?
2: I mean, I, I don't even call it a panic button with him anymore because it's just expected. Yeah. I know that, that that might be unfair, but like it's just kind of how it is. He's always getting hurt at some point. Well, it's it, just it, who it, he's become.
1: Yeah, and it feels like that was the case. with. And I know it's different scenarios, different injuries, and obviously a different type of player position-wise. But I feel like that was the rap on Carlos Correa until it wasn't. It's just that he wasn't missing months of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it felt like in 2021 when McCullers got, I think, 28 starts. Like, that was the year that he finally got over the hump. And then we know what happened in the ALDS where out of nowhere in that game, he's gone. And then you don't see him again. Like, I just... I can't get into his body. We're not doctors. We haven't seen his stuff. Like, is it mechanics that... You know, hurt his arm more often than others? Like, I don't know, but there's just something about him that you're right. Until we see him go through and honestly have a couple of seasons in a row where he doesn't have issues and he makes 28, 29, 30 starts, whatever it might be, then that's when you can believe that he's not going to be hurt every year.
1: All right, that's a, that's a Michael Connor, our Astros insider. He joins us each and every week. We appreciate the content as always, and we appreciate the people who make it possible.
2: That is Carbach Brewing, the beer for Astros baseball. Whether you're up or down, it's always a good time. Whether the game's gonna be moving fast or not, Carbach Crawford Bach. When you're out at Minute Maid Park this season, or at home watching the game will be the go-to beer. They also, as I've mentioned a few times, you've heard it, they have a new limited edition Crawford Bach World Champions can celebrating the 2022 team. It looks absolutely amazing. You have all the collectibles when it comes to celebrating the chance from last year. You might as well add the beer can to it as well. It is so beautiful. And on top of it, the beer tastes fantastic when you drink it. So get over to the store today. Get yourself loaded up on it. Baseball season's coming. Watch your strows with an ice cold Crawford Bock from Carbach Brewing.
1: So with all this uh, rumored quarterbacks on the move, you know, the ones that aren't re-signing with their teams like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones getting a deal, by the way. I still can't, like, I don't, obviously the Giants don't think it was a fluke, and I don't think it is too. I I mean, I don't think anybody looks at Daniel Jones' season and what he was able to do um, coupled with Brian Dable's arrival and thinks that's a fluke. But I did not see him getting a long-term deal Early on in his tenure with John, he was terrible. And for him to get paid like that is, um, I mean, it's a great story, obviously, for him. I don't know if Saquon Barkley agrees, but um, the Jets definitely, or the uh, Giants, I should say, looking to keep the good times rolling. Across town, the Jets, you know, getting involved in speaking with Aaron Rodgers and the guy who Nick Casario should have drafted, Sauce Gardner, you know him, he had a little message for Aaron Rodgers. So I guess Pro Football Focus tweeted that the Jets team officials were flying to Green Bay today to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. And Sauce Gardner quote tweeted that and says, Hey, Aaron Rodgers, I promise if you become a Jet, I won't pick you off in practice and I'll burn the cheese head. And it's an Aaron Rodgers picture where he's photoshopped in Jets gear. This is crazy to me, though, that you're going to have two Packers franchise quarterbacks wind up in Jets gear at the twilight stages of their career. I mean, I wouldn't even call it twilight yet because he's still got something left in the tank. But if he indeed winds up as the Jets quarterback, they're going to be really good next year.
3: That'll uh, be one of the best teams in the AFC if he plays like he did last year and can create some chemistry with his offensive talent around him. It took him a while to do it in Green Bay. He's all he would also be reuniting with uh, Nathaniel Hackett in New York as Robert Sala already added him to their offensive staff uh, during the offseason. season. They obviously worked well together in Green Bay. Brees Hall, also the Jets running back, uh, will hit Twitter with the same type of idea. Uh, saying, I'm just, don't mind me, I'm just manifesting Aaron Rodgers here. As I mentioned in the opening segment, they're just, I don't really think they're thinking about it or they think people have clear heads, and it's really not that big of a deal to say, yes, I would prefer to play with Aaron Rodgers, who's not my teammate, as opposed to Zach Wilson, who currently is my teammate. It's not really a shot at terrible Zach Wilson. It's more a, I'd like to play with Aaron Rodgers. You can take it any way you want, and it's still fun. Uh, I don't disagree with their sentiment, and I absolutely think they should be uh, wanting this to happen because they can go from being drafted by a team that was at the bottom of the league, that's why the Jets had the fourth pick, and they can go to a team that is, I mean, I don't know how they would miss the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers makes 15 starts for them next year. If he makes 17 starts, I'd certainly lock it up as well, regardless of the division competition. He's obviously played in cold-weather conditions before. I don't believe the weather in New York would be an issue. I think it's comical that some people have said uh, he just shouldn't go there because of how sensitive he is, and the uh, meanies that are in the New York media are you kidding would, me? would hammer him. He's going to play them like a fiddle? Yeah, none of that stuff matters to good players, so I'm not sure why anybody would even bring it up, uh, so it won't. Uh, but I do think this isn't just... Um, happenstance this is real and this is a, a real possibility it's going to be difficult to orchestrate a trade just because of the way that the rogers camp played the packers already and the deal he's already working under but i'm sure that the two teams will get it to work if aaron rogers isn't wanted in green bay and he is wanted in new york a deal will happen and, you know, I think some other people, like you were talking about on the Daniel Jones deal, trying to say, look at Daniel Jones' career. You know, you put his numbers out there for his five seasons in New York, or they look awful. They just do. They're, they're bad overall numbers. But if you do that, then you're saying, man, how did he not succeed with Joe Judge? That's on Daniel Jones. How did he not succeed with Pat Shermer? Man, Daniel Jones, you stink. Or, well, now he has a real coach who understands offense, and look what happened. I think Saquon Barkley's fine with it, because they weren't going to sign him long-term either way. Uh, he still has the opportunity to negotiate that deal. He's now locked into the Giants for another season, and I bet you he was really happy being there last year with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable. I think he wants to be a New York Giant moving forward. Uh, now, yeah, I just
1: think he wants to get paid, too.
3: Right, but paying Daniel Jones... I don't think it has anything to do with Barkley. He's a, he's a running back. He's just in an unfortunate situation. Yeah,
1: you play the you, you play a position in the NFL that is like. <sighs> is it kind of? I know I'm always making these NBA analogies. Is it kind of like the center position? It's not, but it is like the center position in the NBA today is not even. It's a it's a ghost of its former self. The running back position is not that, but having a a bell cow like running back kind of for a lot of teams is because for a lot of teams it's more of a two-headed monster attack it's a situation where you might end up paying a guy and then his backup outperforms him like zeke elliott um
3: he also was the number two pick and so he's made hmm, almost 40 million and he's guaranteed to make another 10 and if he doesn't sign a long-term deal and he is this is a terrible I don't mean it's a good place to be playing under a one year deal as a running back in year six. That stinks. Yeah, he only has ten million dollars only only has ten million dollars guaranteed on his deal. That's the whole point of a new deal. I want 30 million guaranteed. I want 35, 40, whatever it is. And the idea that he's going to get one in the future is even lower. So this is the off season. He may have to accept accept a little bit less than a guarantee to avoid being tagged a second time. He would have to play really well this year, stay healthy, just to even get to that point. And then he'd get even more than the 10 million, but still working like franchise tags pay them a lot of money, but it's for a short period of time. And it's the only guaranteed money on the deal. The one year nobody wants to play under that.
1: Yeah. And the running back position, the being what it is in the NFL makes an even, it makes it an even lesser appealing situation. When we come back to start the four o'clock hour, uh, what I was alluding to earlier. The situation at the top of the draft as it pertains to the Texans and how they might actually end up trading up to the number one pick. Just brutal if that happens. But it still could, and we'll talk about it when we start our number two next. Right now, I want to tell you guys about Classic Chevy and Sugarland, and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian are like, how can we separate ourselves from everybody else out there? Every dealership out there, not just Chevy dealerships, every dealership. And that's what they did. They started saying, you know what? We're going to give you guys a lifetime engine guarantee, lifetime of car washes and two years of free maintenance. We're going to buy a second location over at Classic Chevy Highway 6 and open it on Sundays for your convenience in case you can't make it in on a Saturday on the weekend or just Sunday's a better day for you overall during the week. And then we're going to start giving you up to $8,000 off Silverados, 0% APR with approved credit. And have over 400 Silverados at any given time in stock with lifetime engine guarantees while the supplies last, as well as over 50 Equinoxes available with lifetime engine guarantee. And on top of that, 120 days of no payments and during rodeo season, they're going to give you a free pair of handmade premium boots with every vehicle purchased. That's how they're the GM dealer of the year. 12 years in a row at Classic Chevy in Sugarland and you can go to that location or Classic Chevy Highway 6 and tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in.
0: Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the a A-Team. A-team.
1: Hour number two here on Sports Talk 790. It is the A-Team. Talked a little baseball in the first hour with our Astros insider, Michael Connor. Talk a lot of football as uh, quarterbacks are on the move, quarterbacks are getting paid, and the Texans are still sitting near the top of the draft. One of the things uh, that we talked about as well was the story by Jonathan Jones uh, today on CBSSports.com. One of the things that he mentioned, in addition to the fact that he thinks that the Texans are kind of hot for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a second straight day someone has put that out there, he he wrote the following, and this just made me die inside, I'm just going to be honest. Here's how one prominent league source sees it. The Bears deal the top pick to the Texans, who are currently selecting at number two overall. The Texans don't want to get leapfrogged for their top pick and armed with a dozen picks in this year's draft plus two firsts in next year's draft they'll be able to give bears gm ryan pole sufficient compensation to get their quarterback of the future and he goes on to talk about how the you know the bears would benefit from this in a lot of other different ways before you say it's over (laughs) it's already been done the texans cannot undo it they can't Undo, choking away, having the number one pick by winning a meaningless game against the Colts. I can't accept that. And I really can't accept it if you're going to turn around and then trade that pick to get up one spot when you already had it.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And guys like, you know, Jonathan Jones are saying, well, they've got lots of draft capital, so they're going to be able to give the Bears something they would want. No! Don't give away all that draft capital. You suck. You suck at 50 different positions of your organization. You do not need to be giving away draft capital. You're not in any position to have extra draft capital, residual draft capital. Oh, we don't need these picks. Draft capital. You need every pick you have and then some to get better because you suck. And you shouldn't give it away because you screwed up and lost that game at the end of last year or won that game. I can't even say it right. Because that's what it feels like. It feels like they lost by winning that game that was completely meaningless after they had found spectacularly ways to lose all season long leading up to it. Why would you then turn around and just give away draft capital to the Bears who just sat there and watched you give them the number one pick? Makes no sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to me if you have the guy you want either. So don't say that. I need you to give me two different answers than the two that you're going to say. It's already happened, and if he's your guy, you should go get him. Because Why
3: can't you use draft capital to make your team better?
1: Because you're use because you need to use it on other players. You need to use each one of those picks on a different player, not a bunch of those picks to get one player.
3: But I come here every day and say they have eleven picks in the draft, and there's no way Nick's going to make eleven picks. He's going to use those picks to trade up, so it's okay to move up from the sixth round to the fourth round, to the fourth round to the second round, but you're not positive the he's going to do that. There's no way he's taking eleven players. It's just not the way he's operated so far.
1: I don't have a problem with it as long as it's not at the top of the draft.
3: Yes, and I agree that 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 is different, but that's kind of the point. You're, You're given, gifted, seven picks every year. Every team has them, no matter what. However you've decided to utilize them, that's on you. Whether you end up with four in a draft or nine or what you do with those picks when you make them and how good those players are, obviously that's in your hands. They've added four picks to their arsenal. Then they want to use them. And if they see a one player that is so much better, I, I don't agree with this theory because I don't, I just don't wouldn't have it if I was running the team. But I'm not in their room. I don't know this. I think running CJ Stroud out there next year as the number two overall pick in the draft would be great. I think running out there with Bryce Young as the number two overall pick would be fine too. So in my mind, there's really no reason to move up to number one, uh, because I'm not even compelled to try to prevent some other team from drafting one of them. If the Colts want to go up there and get him, great. Doesn't bother me because I still get a guy and then I can lie to the public and say it was the guy all along. He's our no, guy. Cause nobody cares. It right. doesn't even matter at that point. He's the, he's, he is the guy you drafted. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily <laughs> the guy. Yeah. Uh, because we need, unless you're the Cowboys and you erroneously tweet out pictures of your draft board, we don't know what their draft board looks like. But I I just can't tell you, I I don't really have an issue with it. Now, the the cost is a totally different argument. We're not even having that argument yet because we don't know what it is. If you make, instead of drafting 2, 12, 33, and 64, you draft 1 and 12 and 64. And then next year, instead of drafting 7th and 19th, you only draft 7th because you had to use next year's number one, which is not likely, then then we can talk about what did you actually have to lose to move up one whole spot. Yeah, you wish the cost was nothing, and the cost would have been nothing if Jordan Akins couldn't catch, if he just could, you know, drop a ball. If Brandon Cooks decided that Lovey needs to sit me out for the finale, maybe they wouldn't have scored the early touchdown. I mean, it was a miracle that, that everything that happened in that season finale, the way it went, sadly, back and forth, between the Colts and the Texans, put him in this situation. So I get it. It seems silly. You had it in your hands, and you blew it by winning where the Bears won it by losing. But if the player's there, then I have zero issue with going to get him.
1: And I I really should clarify again, because I've been (laughs) pounding this into oblivion for weeks and months now. I do think that you know a, a year from now, Caleb Williams would be that guy. I, if it, I have no problem I mean I, I fundamentally have a problem with the Texans winning a meaningless game when they've been losing all season long and you not only had to basically drive down the field and score a touchdown to screw this up you had to get a two-point conversion to do it it's it's bad it's really bad all you've got to do is lose that game and you're guaranteed the number one pick and none of this is a discussion.
3: What happens if they didn't go for two and Kaimi was solid on the extra point?
1: They go to overtime. And then what? I mean, if they they found
3: a way... Going for two gives you an awesome way to say to your locker room, hey, man, we played to win. Unfortunately, Davis Mills overthrew Aikens and we lost by one. It could have been great. I like the idea for... Big picture of going for two. Now, I kind of hate the idea that they scored the touchdown. On fourth and 20... Come oh, on, yeah, Colts. I forgot that little Come on, minor. Colts.
1: I mean, like, it's and it's not like the Colts were, like, the loser of that game gets the
3: number one pick. I mean, they're in it. They Just w- one loser got they, the number they one are pick. In, they were beneficiaries of that result. Sure. Because of how many teams were in that situation at the end of the year. I mean, they... They <laughs> went from where to fourth well, with that loss. one thing, and it was in yesterday's story, or maybe it was in today's story, Ryan Poles was in the Bears locker room just wanted to congratulate the bears on playing hard all year even though they did not play well they were on a 10 game losing streak they just finished 3 and 14 when he got word that the texans had won while he was in the locker room and he said it really didn't hit him then it kind of hit him later that they had just earned the number 1 pick earned if the colts win that game and they finish 5-11 and 1 they would have had the 7th pick or the 6th pick instead of the 4th
1: so they They jumped two positions, and the Texans fell one very large position. Right,
3: but at six, that's the best you can offer the the Bears at two to get the other quarterback. It's huge for them. Right now, they can get any quarterback they want because four is enough of a starter to get them to one. Well, if the Texans had the number one pick, the Texans aren't trading it to the Colts. The Texans are going to take the quarterback they want the most. And if that's the same quarterback Indianapolis wants, well, tough. They can't get him. And then they have to hope their sixth pick is better than Vegas can offer with the seventh pick and Carolina can offer with the ninth pick or either of the teams that ended up in front of them that want to make a deal either. So it was rather large for them, for sure. But, again, we're acting like there's an obvious choice. If Caleb Williams had the ability to declare for this year's draft – and we were sitting in the exact same position today, we would absolutely rue the win. But we wouldn't then also say, yeah, so don't trade up. Wouldn't you be on board with trading up for Caleb Williams under exact same everything if the only change was Caleb is in the draft? I would say unequivocally yes. And I've already said yes this year, even though I only agree with the theory behind it. I just don't think there's a player they have to go up to get this year. Because I think two quarterbacks are Super Bowl caliber futures, at least. But so I'm would, fine with either one of them. I would still
1: be very angry that they lost that game or lost that pick by winning that stupid game. Especially if the reason for why they won that game is what it is. That Cal told Lovey, you know, we don't beat the Colts a lot. Well, Go how ahead about and
3: win this game. Cal told Lovey to, you know, do your job. You're a football coach. But he hadn't done his job all season, though. He didn't succeed. He was doing his job, and he continued to do it. He screwed up. It, it, they it, screwed up. They screwed so up. They screwed up. So did Pep calling plays that were going to work. So Pep did sucked. Davis by throwing passes but, that exactly, were going to get caught. Exactly. So did Aikens by getting but open. But they did this all season. They sucked. And then on the one day of the year they could control it, they didn't. It's the same thing as this past I'll make your NBA analogy. Did the Rockets just try too hard against the Spurs? Spurs sucked. Yes. Well, when was Indianapolis on the schedule? One other time. And they almost beat them then, too. They tied them. If you get a team that is absolutely incapable of winning that you play against, well, you might beat them. And that's what happened.
1: They should have just lost that game, and then it would have made this point moo at the end of the like, year. Like,
3: they played two teams. There was only four teams in the league, and the Texans were one of them. So there's only two, three other teams that won four or fewer games. They played three games against those teams. They went one, one, and one against them. There's only so much you can do. I hate it here. They beat the Colts. They lost to the Bears. The Bears have the number one pick. Mm. They tried. They did their best until the end. Exactly. That little bitty part at the end. I mean, the only team with a worse record than them. The Texans lost to them.
1: This is why I'm dead inside.
3: This is why I just, they're so hard
1: to root for. They are so hard to root for. D'Amico did a lot, but D'Amico can only do so much. And uh, are you guys still going to love D'Amico if he doesn't take a quarterback in the draft? Are you still going to be infatuated with D'Amico coming home? What if D'Amico is the loudest voice in the room saying, Nope, I don't like any of the guys in this draft as my future quarterback. Take Will Anderson
3: that'd be awesome.
1: I know it would be. It'd be the it would be the right move in my opinion. Anyway, the right move for you guys that have been walking around with pain in your joints is to get a hold of QC Kinetics because if you're living A painful lifestyle as opposed to a pain-free one, that's just no way to go through any day or week or month or year or lifetime. Why are you still dealing with knee, back, shoulder, or hip pain? Why are you uh, listening to doctors out there that are going to tell you to go get surgery or prescribe you a steroid? Don't do either of those and definitely don't deal with the downtime that can come with a surgical procedure. Get in touch with the great people over at QC Kinetics by calling 713-913-5285 and start living a pain-free lifestyle like you're supposed to.
3: Great news as well when you get in touch with them. They have more opportunities because expanding treatment capacity in the woodlands. And the Heights, more locations on the way. They've opened yet another clinic. That one's in Sugarland because the demand for QC Kinetics treatments is so strong. Very much appreciate you listening here to us as we told you how to make your life better. And certainly you'll appreciate it when you get in touch with QC Kinetics, a game changer. All natural process, modern day approach to deal with chronic joint pain. You're going to restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints. Get a free consultation set up today. 713 913 5285.
0: 713 913 5285 for QC Kinetics. Say what say what? Hey. Say, what, say what? say what? Say what?
3: Say what? Say what again? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man?
0: Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. Say what? One more say time. What? Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what?
3: Signature segment time. Light them up if you got them. 420 here on a Tuesday afternoon. You're on Sports Talk 790. It just flows right off your tongue. Well, we hit it at that time. Cody and all everybody else out there enjoy themselves. And get ready for baseball season in Chicago. We had something yesterday. We actually commented on quite a bit. And then we're able to drop the say what on it today. Thanks to Tom Terrific. Rich Eisen hit his program earlier this week and put a rumor out there because he had birdies flying around the combine in Indianapolis. Richard said if Tua may not be ready to go in Miami, and suddenly there's Tom Brady sitting in Florida where his family is located, and he can easily locate himself. Keep an eye on that. I was told by a couple of birdies at the combine and we had an extended conversation yesterday. Is that real? Is that really possible? Would he even consider it? Uh, Obviously he was rumored to be uh, in talks with the dolphins in previous seasons, maybe a marriage of Brady plus Peyton equals Miami dolphins. And obviously none of that happened. And he announced his retirement a year ago. Uh, Didn't take long. We counted the days until he unretired and returned to the Tampa Bay bucks, the same team and organization he was with this offseason seemed a little different, found a nice spot on the beach, plopped down, it's in a selfie video of him announcing his retirement, and nearly was in tears. So Tom, in his elite social media atmosphere that he remains in, even in retirement, he saw that that was out there, uh, so he quote-tweeted that comment about him. Well, better keep an eye on it. His quote-tweet today to confirm he is remaining retired Anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. So too rich. That's a big fat, say what?
1: I do like the fact that uh, he's, he's seemingly enjoying say what? The, Thank you. He's seemingly enjoying the, the troll job of Twitter, not just about this. I mean he's been essentially since the time he left New England, he's been the guy that we all could you imagine Tom Brady, this version of Tom Brady? on social media when he was a member of the Patriots? I know he had a Twitter account. We
3: wish he would not have fallen in line with everybody else. Imagine what Gronk would have been like all those years if they weren't under the, well, Bill doesn't like it, so we better not do it. How do you think think Bill Belichick
1: got them, those two specifically especially, at the level they were?
3: Because he said, look, do it my way and we're going to win. And they did. So it's easy to fall in line when you're winning and you're believing in him when what he says comes true. We're going to keep everything in-house. We don't want any of these nonsense distractions. Focus in on your football. Stay out of trouble. Didn't, everybody didn't heed that message. And then we're going to win.
1: Yeah, Aaron Hernandez killed a guy.
3: But other than that,
1: pretty much everybody did, and they did win. So,
3: uh, yeah, I, that's,
1: I don't know, I, I just feel like, It kind of lends itself to an argument about who was really getting the lion's share of the credit there, though. If what you just said is true, then it was Bill Belichick.
3: No, that's saying that falling in line and not being active on social media equals winning. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say no on that. That's what you just I'm said. I'm go though, ahead right? and say if Tom Brady had hired his comic book creators 15 years ago instead of three years ago to send out very clever tweets and, you know, trolling, we're getting ready to play this team tweets all the time. I really don't think that would have turned New England into a, oh my God, we're going to beat him now because we have bulletin board material. Forget about Tom Brady beating us now because he said something about on us, about us on Twitter or Gronk was having Gronk family cruises and inviting people to get tanked about with the, him. Uh,
1: what was the – didn't he have like a bus that he
3: – The party bus. The yeah. party bus. He yeah, had like three they, different he, ones. He did a bunch of stuff, and I'm sure he was still doing it then, but not in a, in, in such an outward public way. I, I don't think one has to do with the other. I think at this point that argument should be ridiculous to people. It's like every other argument. It never goes away because people don't have anything better to, to discuss – Bill Belichick's great. He would have been great uh, as a coach with any reasonable, any reasonably talented team. The difference is he might have been like a lot of other coaches that go to the playoffs all the time and don't win Super Bowls. Like his level of success is absolutely in Tom Brady's hands. But whether or not he 's a great coach, can he coach football? I mean, what more do you need to see that there was more to what they were doing than him sitting back, putting his feet up, uh, ripping the sleeves off of his hoodies while the team had the ball on offense because his job was done. He was just looking at the defense as long as I can do a halfway decent job there i 'll just sit back and you know let Tom do the rest of the work there's so much more to running a team. Putting the right people in the right places, having people believe in what you're doing to get them on the stage, to get them to the stage. And that is what separates you from the rest of the coaches that have been to a certain level. Now, we can't compare him to everybody who hasn't had that. But Tom Brady, granted, best quarterback ever. That debate is also over to me. But there's other quarterbacks that are great. There's Pat Mahomes, there's Aaron Rodgers, there's Drew Brees, there's Peyton Manning. Let's take Mahomes out of it to a certain degree because his career coincided less with Brady's. But Manning's, Brees, and Rodgers' respective careers uh, coincided with Brady's tremendously. Mm -hmm. And he has more Super Bowl wins than them combined, it's it's insane. These other coaches he has more Super Bowl losses than they have it, it, wins combined. It's less about him versus them. And this what I'm trying to say is: so put these other coaches, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton, and even Tony Dungy, although he just didn't have as long of a time with Payton. He's winning all these Super Bowls over and over and over again with Tom Brady, and they have an elite quarterback. Is it they're so much worse than Tom, relatively speaking? They can't win. Or some of it, their coach isn't quite as good as Babelichek finishing off the deal. I mean, we we lament the fact that, you know, the Green Bay Packers and the Indianapolis Colts, 30 years of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck or Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, why don't they have eight, ten Super Bowls apiece? They have far from that. They have five total? Four? Two for Favre, one for Rodgers, two for Manning? Yeah. Or one for Manning with one, the Colts? Well, Yeah. I mean, that's insane that Brady and Belichick, or Belichick versus Dungy, McCarthy, and Sean Payton. He's so far ahead of them. It's just Brady. That's it. That's, it's hard.
1: that's not real. It's hard to win in the NFL.
3: It is hard, and this guy kept doing it, and that's because
1: he With different versions of the same team.
3: Yeah, different players, and then a different team. Yeah, a lot of. I mean, I, I don't. I don't ever want to act like Bill Belichick isn't a great coach, but I also, in the same breath, this whole commentary, this segment, don't want to act like it. Kind of shows you Brady is on another level. You got the best players in the league. Aaron Rodgers is one of them. Drew Brees is one of them. No question, they're one of the three or four best quarterbacks as they were active, and they're probably both in the group of top ten or twelve ever. And they're not in his group. He's in a group of one. They're not in it.
1: There's another uh, bit of information about the NFL as it pertains to Lamar Jackson. You're not going to believe this.
3: I'll believe it. <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what it is when we come back. Well, you're not going to believe how awesome Campbell's Pest Control is. And we've been talking about them this week. It's a new client here on the show. We are very, very happy to be speaking for Chris and his company, a locally owned business that can handle both residential and commercial pest control. And everything you can think of when it comes to pest control, termites, bed bugs, roaches, ants, mosquitoes, fleas, and ticks, anything that you can think of. They're going to handle it the right way. They also do lawn, shrub, and tree fertilizing as well as that pest treatment for all of the above and pool maintenance and service. Basically, they do everything that you can think of in and around your home and your yard
3: fantastic company to work with they've been uh, providing the best customer service uh, to their customers since 1998 tremendous landscaping and lawn maintenance services outdoor design work pool maintenance and service they do it all and again if you're sick and tired of being woken up in the middle of the night with uh your partner saying hey can you go check on that i i hear something <laughs> that is the worst oh you mean the pitter patter of little feet Yeah, we don't need that outside your house and inside your house. Campbell's Pest Control, please let them take care of that for you. 713-694-3433 to get them on the horn. 713-694-3433. You can find Campbell's Pest Control online at Campbell'sPestControl.com.
1: Jeff Darlington minutes ago tweeting the Dolphins will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson or any other starting quarterbacks this offseason multiple team sources tell me as one source said quote Mike fully believes Tua is the perfect fit for his system the best response Right away, Ross Tucker. Every team going to announce this? Who's next? Basically, teams are lining up to say we're not going to get Lamar Jackson.
3: Yeah, thank God you brought Ross into the discussion, so I couldn't say the same exact thing because this is so obvious what teams are doing. (laughs) I mean, the Falcons had their own guy quote tweet all these reporters saying it, and then they put it, he's their in-house media person. They had them put it on their site, and then they tweeted it out. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. Timing changes. Uh, Ideas change. Health changes. Draft changes. It's okay to say it. It's no big deal. Uh, If you think, you know, the Ravens just turned into the smartest team ever and knew, well, let's go tell him to find a market. Go tell him to find a deal. We're sick of negotiating against ourselves. And now nobody's going to negotiate with him. And that may end up being true. But... All these teams, like the Falcons, that was the one I read the fir- I read first because it was the one we were talking about, and it was they were already denying it before we'd even gotten into the meat of that conversation. The- their standpoint has not changed at all. They can give us this Desmond Ritter nonsense, and it is in the article. Desmond Ritter-, Ritter played well over the final four games of the season last year. I mean, come on, man. Desmond Ritter's the same quarterback you could have had any of the years you were looking at other quarterbacks, like the year you were looking at... Deshaun Watson, Desmond Ritter is not so good or has such a bright future or you believe in him so much that, yeah, I don't think we could make a play for Lamar Jackson. We'd get too good. We got we to gotta stick this out with Desmond. Uh, the idea that you want to say he played well, okay. If you like throwing for less than 225 yards and going touchdown list three out of the four games, by all means, tell me he played well. Because he didn't throw the ball to the other team. Well, they didn't move the ball either. But anyway, don't make a play for Lamar because you told us you weren't publicly. Commies, I'd actually believe in Sam Howell more. He never played. We don't know. Um, Dolphins, they're in a weird situation because they, they should be wanting to at, keep their quarterback even less than the Ravens want to keep Lamar Jackson because they know any time he hits the field he's liable to be out the next play and i hate to say that but you know i said the same thing about to Rod taylor when he came here uh, nothing wrong when their future's not at stake the team's future the player's future is at stake again with every snap history of concussions history of injuries you want to guarantee long-term money to someone who may or may not be out there with you i don't i don't see the dolphins giving a long-term contract to Tua uh, ever i see them letting him play out his rookie contract through the option year Seeing how things go, then making a decision on franchise tag num- number one. When, when would that be? Then making a decision on franchise tag number two.
1: That's after next season. Yeah, they, they would have that decision to make.
3: As well, far as the after his five seasons, you he would be a free agent if you haven't negotiated a deal with him. He's through three seasons, so next year he'll play under year four. The year after that, they will have picked up the rookie option, he'll so it'll be year to play five
1: through year four. Yeah,
3: and then they'll decide what they want to do at that point. He has started 34 of the 50 games he's been on the roster for. And he was not the starter at the onset of his rookie season. And there are some reasons why that number is where it is beyond the obvious.
1: 50 actually is more than I thought it would be if you'd had me guess.
3: Well, they played 17 games the last two years. He's missed four each time. He should have missed more last yes, year. Th- yeah, I guess I thought he did. I think that's where it's coming from because
1: I feel like we were always talking about it. And then I guess he just played more than I thought he did.
3: Right, but he also didn't finish some of those games either. Uh, Okay, that might be what it was. But I I just so they've got four more contracted, uh, riskless seasons of Tua, and I think that'll be the end of it. And he would have to play in all sixty-eight games for me to think otherwise. Risk for riskless for them, not for him. Yeah, personally, full of risk. Yes, but risk to the team in long-term money every year from you know after the next two years. His money's off the books until they sign him to the one-year deal. Is he rapidly
1: becoming the quarterback equivalent of
3: C.J. Fedorowicz? No, he's awesome. C.J. is just a guy, no offense, personally. Well, from a concussion standpoint. I mean, like you, I guess. You, 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 but you the fart in w- his w- direction. It's a concussion. Yes, but he's right. He was getting concussions for... Every time he got hit. yeah, CJ was getting concussions when his quarterbacks would say, how hard can this guy hit you if I put <laughs> the ball right there? Seriously. I mean, it was awful. Like was, Bruce Ellington, we never talk about him. Deshaun did it too. And these guys are really good friends. And it's just the nature of... They were running New England's offense. Good friends. Look at Wes Welker. Look at Julian Edelman. Yeah. Look at Danny Amendola. Yep. They're running these routes that are deadly. Yeah. I mean, they're awful. Literally,
1: like, going to kill these guys. It
3: worked because... Football wise, they would get open and they'd be sitting there and then they'd get creamed. And in their case, unlike CJ's case. They were five foot nine. Yes. And it was obviously a part. I mean, I'm pretty enthused, I guess, or or happily, happy inside for the fact that it appears Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, and Julian Edelman for what they're doing post career. And we're just getting into post career for Danny. They all seem fine. I mean, Edelman's doing TV. Uh, Wes is coaching. All, all indications are the hits that they've taken at this point in time haven't prevented anything, but, but you know, we don't know down like, the road.
1: And, and that I I routinely said this towards the tail end of his career, and especially afterward. I always wondered when Troy. And I'm not even trying to be like I'm not trying to joke about this. I I literally was like Troy Aikman's going to wear a bib someday. The the hits he was taking. So you take an inordinate amount of hits anyways because you're a quarterback. Even that quarterback behind that offensive line from the majority of his career, the best all-time in football in in a lot of circles, you would you know the the Dallas Cowboys championship offensive line was phenomenal. And yet, in the late 90s towards the end of of Troy Aikman's career, he was getting like, I mean, knocked out of games literally. And I always wondered if that would catch up, and he's one of those guys because you're talking about guys that are on TV or they're out still visible, and he's you know part of the number one crew on an, another network now. But for a long time, it was Fox. Um, I, I'm actually shocked that Troy is in as good a shape as he is because some of those hits were so nasty. A lot like these guys we're talking about at the end of his career, that I thought we would be you know and still probably very well
3: could. I mean, every hit is just so different. Some of the lesser hits cause more damage and not the same thing, clearly, but it doesn't even appear that Justin Turner yesterday, when he got hit in the face with a fastball, not in his helmet, in his face, and I know it wasn't in his skull or above his ear, there was no concussion, and there don't That's all the scans crazy, have come up way. as well as they could have hoped. He obviously has some literal damage where the skin broke apart and the blood <sighs> gushed out but it was a pretty good report all things considered.
1: And if you watch that play, there was nothing he could have done.
3: Absolutely like, not. Like not I mean, just he did kind of lower the right shoulder to try to maybe take it off the shoulder, but it's just it's too fast. And again, that really doesn't have much to do with with football, but you know, those those players and even the defensive backs now with how you know, I do think the rules are helping in that regard. I think we're seeing fewer of it. And again, those of you that have been watching some of the XFL games with some of the things they're doing differently, I'm surprised they even kick off at all because for a good reason, they've totally neutered big hits on kickoffs. You kick off from the 35-yard line. Your defense is already down the field. Uh, the Our special teams, coverage team, is down the field. They're just standing there at, I believe, the 40-yard line. The Special teams receiving the ball is standing at the thirty-yard line, literally ten feet apart or ten yards apart from each other, and then the lone return man catches the football behind them. When he catches it, then you start moving. Then you can try to attempt to tackle him. Then you attempt to block for him, and there it's just the ability, the frequency of these collisions, violent collisions at high rates of speed on that particular play, one hundred percent eliminated. I don't know why they bother kicking off then. They just just give them the ball on the 25. But it is a way to to try to limit it and targeting in college, which is very poorly officiated, As which is why they almost all have to be reviewed and fixed. Uh and in the NFL, we probably see hits that we we think based on our 30 40 however many years of watching football are like what do you want him to do? He's trying to make a play. How is that a penalty? But In the interest of some semblance of safety, and I'm not sitting here saying the NFL's really, really, really trying. They're only really trying. Not five really. just one really of trying to lower the uh, incidence of concussions.
1: Um, I wanted to get to John Morant before the end of the show today. It's not going to happen, but there is something that I'd like to get into tomorrow because, you know, they're investigating, obviously, the gun situation. And if it's found that he brought that into that, it's an automatic 50-game suspension. And I don't know how that would work. Does Would that go into the postseason or is it regular season only? How would that work? But I definitely want to dive into that at some point tomorrow because that is, that and the fact that the team meeting, we haven't talked about that, which happened with, you know, with Stephen Adams, and he basically went out and did what he's now in trouble for after that team meeting. Um, is fascinating as was the case to be made for, uh, comparing him to Carmelo Anthony and Plaxico Burris had things to say on the situation. And we know that he's all too familiar with uh, gun mishaps as a former athlete. So,
3: so you want to hear from Plax on a gun safety issue, but you did not want to hear from OJ on a murder issue. They both have that is correct. background information. They both are familiar with well, it. Well,
1: one of them is going around acting like he didn't commit a double murder. He wrote
3: a book if I did it.
1: And then the other one has kind of at least accepted accountability for uh, tomorrow, shooting himself in the foot uh, tomorrow and not killing show, two people.
3: I'll bring in Plaxico Burris' book. It says, If I Shot Myself. You have
1: to read it right.
3: Uh, I'll get if- to that. I'll get to that tomorrow. I shot myself. Uh, let me tell you about Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. You hear about them all the time on the iHeartRadio family because we're like a family. So many of us had the opportunity to work alongside the great people at Classic Chevy Sugarland and, of course, Classic Chevy Highway 6. We love talking to you about it and giving you the opportunity to take advantage of what they have to offer. And literally, what they have to offer right now is an awesome Silverado at $8,000 off, hundreds of them in stock. That's $8,000 off, 0% APR with approved credit. And during rodeo season, we're in the middle of it. That means you're also going to get a free pair of handmade premium boots with that vehicle purchase. They're the GM dealer of the year now, 12 years in a row at either location. Great family owned and operated business. That means we're talking about Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian. When you head on over to Classic Chevy Sugarland or Classic Chevy Highway 6, you tell them Adam Wexler sent You buy. That's it for us. Astros baseball now.
2: 18- plus.